Thanks for joining us today on RV Tech Talk, a podcast produced by the National RV Training Academy that is devoted to discussing ways to keep RVs in tip-top shape and ways to make money fixing or inspecting recreation vehicles. My name is Greg Gerber, your host for today's show. Today's episode is sponsored by Work Camper News, a magazine and online publication that connects RVers to full and part-time jobs around the country. Whether it is running a business from your RV or working short-term jobs for a variety of employers, Work Camper News can give you information to help plan a course to live your own dream and get you on the road faster than you thought possible. For more information about opportunities to live, work, and play in your RV, visit www.workcampernews.com. We have a great interview today. Elisa Norman is an RV inspector from Texas. In fact, she was one of the first people to complete training to get her certification, and she's one of the first women to become certified. She describes the training she took and how it prepared her to do a thorough inspection of any RV. Lisa also describes some of the challenges she faced when conducting inspections. She's got some pretty funny advice about watching for mouse traps. Her advice is also valuable in the way it pertains to the tools used to perform inspections and why photographic documentation is essential of not only what doesn't work, but what worked at the time the unit was evaluated pictures that saved her and her client a big headache. Elisa was so good as an inspector that it caught the attention of a rather large dealership in Dallas that enticed her to accept a full-time job. She'll explain what she does for the dealership and how her training prepared her for that. She is very candid in her description of the challenges inspectors face in running their own businesses, but she still recommends the opportunity for people who are looking for full or part-time work. To tell us her story, please welcome Elisa Norman to the show. Thank you, Elisa. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Where do you live right now? Hi. Well, I live in uh, the Dallas, Texas area. Very good. And when did you get training uh, through the National RV Inspectors Association? I took my first classes with uh, Cooper and Steve in March of 2016. Oh, you're an early adapter to the RV Inspectors program. Yes. Yeah. What made you decide to become an inspector? Crazy story. I was actually a high school English teacher at a small private Christian school. Um, Absolutely loved it, but uh, the paycheck wasn't there. I had three boys that were all going to be in college at the same time, and so I needed something else. Really didn't want to go teach public school, so I decided, why don't I try something totally different? And I uh, got to know Cooper from a friend of mine at church who knew him. And she said, I think you'd be great for this. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, um, I just dove right in, completely changed careers, and I have, am so glad I did. Never looked back. That's an interesting story. So you made as much money as an inspector than you were making as a high school English teacher. Uh, yes, yes. Yes. And, and, and what I've made has been all over the map. Uh, I've had weeks <laughs> where I've made nothing mm-hmm. and, uh, weeks where I've done quite well. That's the beauty of self-employment or the challenge, I guess, depending <laughs> on how you look at it. Yeah, exactly. So did you get, you did not get your training then at the National RV Training Academy because it wasn't built yet. So where did you it get your training? Yet. Yeah, where was that? Well, my level one training, I took my family and we went down over spring break to um, New Braunfels. And New Braunfels, it's near San Antonio, Texas. 
And then I did my level two training later that summer. Uh, we rented an RV and uh, went up to Iowa and used the rented RV for the level two training. Wow. So that's that's a commitment to drive up to Iowa for training from Texas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that was back in 2016 as well? Yes. So did you start doing inspections right away? After my level level one inspection uh, training, I did start doing warranty inspections. So not the not the full um, buyer to seller, seller to buyer uh, inspections, but I, I did them just for extended warranty companies. That's what I started with. Okay. What kind of inspections do they want, or what are they looking for particularly? Well, they really, it's a shortened inspection compared to what we typically do. Um, They really just need to make sure that everything they're covering under the extended warranty is in good uh, working condition at the time, or if there are any issues at the time that they're noted so that they know it's a a pre-existing condition of the RV if they decide to offer an extended warranty. That's almost a no-brainer when you think about it. I am surprised companies don't insist on having those kind of inspections before they issue a warranty. I think most of them do. Very good. So do you still do a lot of those? No, I don't do any inspections outside of my current uh, job right now. Okay. And what types of things did you learn when you were going through the training? What, What really stood out the most? You know, in in a week, the, the first week, the level one training, it really was uh, similar to getting hit with a fire hose. Uh, we covered everything, broad sweeping overview of everything from electricity to uh, water systems, um, interior and outerior, uh, interior and exterior of the RV. There's so much, all the appliances, how they work. Um, a lot of knowledge about how things work, because if you know how it works, then you can more easily spot a, uh, an issue, which is the purpose of an inspection. Um, a lot of information very quickly. Uh, and then we had um, a little bit of hands-on just walking around looking at things that we've been talking about and studying in the book, um, getting our hands-on stuff. The level two training is much more hands-on. We... Um, we did full inspections on motorhomes and on towables. Um, so we, we got to, to actually step through uh, real-life inspections with our trainers. Very good. And so you were actually walking with them through an actual inspection. But then as part of the training, don't you have to inspect an RV on your own and be supervised? Uh, yes. And we did that after the class. So it was the typical teaching of we're going to tell you how to do it and then we'll show you how we do it while you watch and then you do it while we watch. Were you impressed with how many things were on board an RV or have you owned an RV in the past? I have owned RVs, um, never a new one and certainly never the ones as nice as what I, I work on now. But, um, but we've had RVs, usually Class Cs in the past. And in lately, in past years, when we want to RV vacation ourselves, we usually just rent. That's just what makes more sense for our family at this time. Sure. How did the training improve your ability to do an RV inspection? Um, in every way. I, you know, there's no way I could have done an RV inspection without the training. Um, 
I mean, how would you even know what you're looking at and, and what potential issues there might be with it? Um, Was it yeah, I think the the knowledge of electricity and, and the different ways that things are powered in the RVs are probably the most, what I, what I even use the most today because everything is powered in one way or another, whether it's the 12-volt system or the 120-volt system and how those systems work together. Um, anytime you're troubleshooting, that's what you start with. Where's, where's my power source? Do I have one? Mm-hmm. If not, what happened to it? Where'd it go? <laughs> Where'd it go? Uh, <laughs> did the training provide you a step-by-step procedure so that you know exactly what to look for and in what order? Yes, yes. Although I will say that the order can be flexible and in many cases needs to be flexible because, first of all, the RVs themselves are not the same. They, in many ways, they are all the same. They have all the same major components, but they're not the same in that they're always somewhere different, depending on what kind of RV you're looking at. Um, you might have to go find something. There, it, whatever you're looking for may be playing hide-and-seek with you. Um, once you get to know all the RVs out there, you're more familiar with where to go find what you're looking for at the time. Um, Typically, as far as as how I like to do an inspection, um, I like to do the same, I I like to walk the same path around the RV and then hit all the components as I pass them in that path. Another reason why working in the same order doesn't always work is because depending on where the RV is, you may or may not be able to start with shore power versus generator power. You may or may not have water systems already connected. You might be taking something out of winterization in the process of doing your inspection. So um, the order, yes, it was taught. However, I've learned through real-life application, that order needs to be flexible. Okay, but you do get a pretty good idea of everything that needs to be done. Is that because they provide software to help you through the inspection process or checklists and forms? We had software, although it's not the same software that they're using now. I think what they're using now is uh, definitely new and improved um, and easier to use. Um, When I went through the training, there was one software that um, the trainers that I had for level two, they were actually the ones that had developed that, um, which was great. So they were teaching me how to use it, and they knew it inside out because they developed it. But then the, the training or the, the software that we went to after that was the software that we used when we went to um, Florida for the first round of the FEMA inspections, which I participated in. Um, and I believe that they're still using that same software now, although um, I'm not doing those inspections anymore. Now I use the software at the dealership where I work. One of the things that always has impressed me with the inspections is the number of photos that you folks take when you're actually going through that. Has uh, that helped you Mm -hmm. at all? Absolutely. Um, Taking photos has has, um, saved me (laughs) many times. And even if, if, if there were a question to come up and, and even with the hundreds of photos that we do take, um, 
there's still a chance that you may maybe didn't take enough. If anyone out there wants to be an inspector, I would say um, we call them CYA photos. I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to spell that out. But, um, but you want to take photos of of the things that are working and look fine in addition to photos of issues. Mm-hmm. Um, because you need to have that photographic evidence that yes, indeed, I, I did check this. And at the time of inspection, it looked like this and it was fine. That would be a good idea. So when you're looking at like a stove, for example, you would want to take pictures with the burners on so that you can prove that at the time of the inspections Mm -hmm. that all worked. Yes. Yes. And, and I'll just throw an example out there. I had, um, some customers, they were upset with with me as a third-party inspector, uh, as well as with the dealership that they bought the coach from. And at the time of my inspection, um, there was no water damage inside the coach. Um, I did note the roof sealant and the fact that the roof sealant needed to be uh, replaced. Otherwise, there was the potential for water damage on the interior. So the fact that I had pictures of the interior that showed there was no water damage um, really helped me out because between the time that I did the inspection and the time they picked up the coach, um, it was about a little over a month had elapsed. And during that time, uh, we had four days straight of, of pounding rain. And guess what? By the time they picked up their coach, there was water damage in um, in an area that I had inspected. And at the time I had inspected it, there was no water damage. So that that was something where I was very, very thankful that I had those pictures and also my pre-inspection agreement. <laughs> that would be good. What does that kind of pre-inspection <laughs> yeah. agreement cover? Um, if you're familiar at all with home inspections, um, home inspectors, tend to get sued quite frequently, unfortunately, um, and, and everybody misses things. It, it happens. Um, but, um, but basically it says, this is what I see at this time, and you can't sue me. <laughs> <laughs> In a nutshell, that's what it says. Um, so when you get a home inspection or a good an RV inspection, it's a good idea to have that agreement, um, and it, it just helps helps the inspector have a level of, um, of protection. Mm -hmm. Were there any other surprises that you uncovered while you were doing your inspections? Um, to that extent, no, that, that was, um, by far the most unpleasant one, Mm -hmm. um, for all, for all involved. Um, and yeah, um, Surprises. I mean, there's always something to surprise you. It depends on what kind of uh, story you're looking for. I have been surprised by um, mouse traps. Mouse traps. Places. <laughs> yeah. Don't stick your don't stick your hands anywhere you can't uh, see. Oh. Use flashlights before you poke your head or your hands in somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> That's good advice. I've not heard that one before. Yeah. Yeah. Mouse okay. traps. And anytime, um, you know, advice for future inspectors, um, manometers. Manometers are used to measure the water column of, um, of uh, propane, and, and you, you use a manometer to test for propane leaks. 
which is very important to do. It, it can be a potential life safety issue. So that's part of an inspection. And um, the manometers have a gauge inside that is actually very sensitive. Um, I have killed three manometers uh, <laughs> by accident. You've got to be really careful with those. Um, don't set them somewhere where they could fall. Um, don't set them somewhere where they could slide uh, or get knocked off. Or stepped on. Got to be careful with those. Or stepped on. <laughs> <laughs> that would be my problem, yeah. I'm sure. So I understand that all of this training and your experience as an inspector has opened a door for you to go work for an RV dealership. What are you doing? Yes. So this was not on my radar at all. Uh, After resigning from teaching dance and going into business for myself, I thought this was it. I want to be in business for myself. There is no ceiling. I can grow as big as I want. Um, and, And I really enjoyed it. So I went one day, so I wasn't looking for a job. I went one day to do just one of my regular inspections at, um, at the dealership where I work now. And they were hiring. They were actually expanding. They were opening a new location in another city and, and needing to hire people where they were and where they were going. And so they came out. I introduced myself to the manager that I was talking to and um, that I was coordinating with to, to do this inspection on their property um, for this, you know, as a third party for this buyer who was buying a a consignment unit there. And um, I gave him my business card and and I had done some freelance inspections for another dealership um, just when they, you know, when their service techs get backed up, they don't have time to do a good inspection. So I would um, offer myself my services as an inspector to dealerships as well as to um, individuals just to come in freelance, help them out, do the inspection. And then the service techs can just hit the, hit the to-do list on it and get it, get it prepped and ready. Um, So I gave them my card and offered that same offer to him. And he says, well, why don't you just come work for us? Like full time we're hiring. And I, I laughed it off. I said, Oh, that's okay. I'm really not looking for a job. Just, you know, not nothing full time. I already have my company and it's doing just fine. Thank you, though. Mm. <laughs> um, in in the course of that inspection, which took me all day, it was a Class A diesel pusher. I was there the whole day. They sent every single member of the pre delivery inspection team <laughs> out to meet me, plus a couple of managers. I got business cards everywhere. Um, had had one uh, one young man who's now the manager at the new location stand there and ask me three times if I wanted to you know move to this other city and <laughs> no thank you no thank you no thank you well I finally called my husband when I was taking a break later that afternoon and told him what happened and without hardly even thinking about it he says actually I think this would be perfect for you because you're already doing the inspections sometimes you do walkthroughs with the customers. And you've been wanting to learn how to do repairs also. And if their team does all of that and you get to work with a team and learn as you go, this looks like a good option. And you might not make as much as you do owning your own company. However, you don't have the stress of that. And you can budget better because you know what you're going to have coming in every week versus when you own your own company, you may be slammed for a week and then dry for three more. Mm -hmm. Um, so with his blessing, I 
gave it some thought, and here I am, and I'm glad I did it. And so now you do this full-time. Do you do inspections on the I side anymore? Um, sorry, say that again? Do you do inspections on the side anymore, or is this just all you do? No, I don't do inspections on the side anymore. This is all I do. I do work there full-time. And, um, and I don't do inspections on the side for two reasons. First of all, um, I really need daylight to be able to do outside inspections. And, uh, and if I'm working Monday through Friday during the daylight hours, you know, a couple hours in the evening doesn't give me enough time to do a thorough inspection. Um, so there, there's that, just that time factor. And then the other factor is, is time with family. And I, I don't want to work seven days a week. So doing weekend inspections is not, uh, not my cup of tea. <laughs> I certainly understand that. And you're working full time. So what kinds of things are you doing at the dealership then? You're, you're doing their pre-delivery inspections when they come in from the factory and also helping to educate the consumers yeah. who are buying the RVs? Is that what exactly. you said? Oh, that's easy. Exactly. So I, I work at uh, National Indoor RV uh, centers in Louisville, Texas, and um, the facility has everything. We have, we have sales and uh, we do service. Um, we've got storage. So the department that I work in is, is the pre-delivery inspection department. And so we do inspections on everything that comes in, whether it's new use or consignment. Um, and we do a complete full inspection on everything. And then anything that we find that's not uh, working properly or not up to par in any way, we, uh, we fix it and do the repairs and basically get it ready and prepped for the customer. And then when the customers come, we do a full walkthrough with them. We spend, and I don't know any other dealerships that do this, but we spend anywhere from three to eight hours uh, just taking them all the way around the inside and outside, up and down of their coach, showing them where everything is, how to use it. We talk maintenance. We answer any questions that they have. Um, on some of the, the units we do, we, there are, are a lot of uh, electronics and there's a lot of technology. So we walk them through all of that as well. That's neat. You'd mentioned that you were thinking of, or one of the advantages of this job was the ability to learn how to do repairs. Are you thinking of becoming a technician as well? Uh, well, I, I technically am a technician right now. Um, but it's, I'm not one of the service techs. Okay. So we've got the PDI techs and then we've got the service techs. Um, there, there is a lot of crossover. I mean, we do a lot of the same repairs, um, but anything, I would say that we're more entry level and they are the more experienced and all they do is, is the service work. Okay. If there's anything that we can't figure out, which happens often, um, <laughs> there's always something challenging. <laughs> Um, then yes, we will go consult with one of the guys on the service team. Everybody has their areas of specialty. And so slide out question, we know who to go talk to. Um, inverter question, we know who to go talk to. And so, um, so definitely it's, it's nice to have that, that input. Um, I did actually take the RVIA online training to be a registered technician. Um, I took that while I was still an inspector just for my own continuing education, mm-hmm. um, but I haven't uh, I haven't pursued that okay. 
since I started here, but at some point I will. I am surprised that more RV dealers don't adopt this kind of strategy that Indoor has been doing because, you know, it is inconvenient for them to pull a trained and certified technician off the line to do PDIs when customers have to wait, you know, sometimes weeks to get in and get a service appointment. And it just, I like that idea that everybody specializes in what they're best at. Yes. Yes. Yeah, that's a great idea. So what did you like most about being an inspector, going back to that? I I like that customers don't have to have unpleasant surprises. You know, when you buy an RV, you have this romanticized idea of all these good times you're going to have in it. I want them to have that dream come true and have those good times. (laughs) And so if there's a problem I can spot before they buy it, then they at least know about it and they can make that informed decision of, okay, well, I know it has this issue. Do I still want it or do I want to keep shopping? Um, So for me, that's just exciting to be in that atmosphere of um, dreams of going on vacation and going to see the country and being a part of helping them make the right decision for them. I like that. Mm -hmm. And I think RVs are really cool. RVs Mm -hmm. are just... They're like transformers. <laughs> you can just take them and move them around and they just do this and do that and go here. And it's mm-hmm. really cool. That sure. is neat. <laughs> Would you recommend becoming an inspector to others who are seeking fuller part-time opportunities? I think it depends on the, on the person. It is hard work. And I, I think, you know, I know a lot of people that go into it are, are, retired full-time RVers and maybe want to do a little extra on the side. Um, It is hard work. When you go do that, it is physical. It is, there's a lot of manual um, labor involved. You're carrying a ladder. You are climbing up and down it. You're getting on the roof. You're getting underneath. You're looking at the undercarriage. You're going up and down those entry steps in and out of that RV countless times. Um, It's, you've got to be spot on with the attention um, because you don't want to miss anything. So your brain is working, your body's working. Um, It's very physical. You're out in all kinds of weather. You've got to check the roof. If it's freezing outside, Mm -hmm. you've got to check the roof. If it's over a hundred degrees outside. So I love being outside. I would much prefer to be outside when it's, you know, 20 or 120 Mm -hmm. than inside in a conditioned space with fluorescent lighting. Mm -hmm. I'd rather be outside, even if I'm uncomfortable out there. Um, So it takes a certain kind of person who really enjoys it. Um, So it depends on, on who's considering it and just put it out there. It's hard work. If you like that kind of hard work, then go for it. If you want something Mm -hmm. a little more passive, probably not your thing. Okay. But I was going to do a follow-up and ask, can women really do this? Oh, absolutely. Hello. I know. That's what I was thinking. So a lot of women might be saying, you know, this sounds like a good opportunity, but I'm not at all technical, and you're an English teacher, so you learned the technical part, and you said it was physical, but, you know, it's manageable, right? Oh, completely, completely. And, you know, if you're not strong, you can get strong. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, a lot of us just need to move more and pick stuff up. It's not that hard to get strong. Um, 
there are some, you know, women can definitely do it. And as far as the, the technicality or the mechanical aptitude, um, that really isn't gender-based. Um, strength definitely is. You know, men tend to have stronger shoulders than women. That's just the way we're built. Um, but the mechanical aptitude is, is really not gender-specific. Um, just because I'm an English teacher doesn't mean I can't, that I can't also excel in five other areas. Mm -hmm. And I think there are a lot of people that have a lot more strengths than they think. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, women can definitely do it. I'm not the only female inspector out there. Um, My good friends who introduced me to Cooper are also inspectors and they also do catastrophic claims adjusting. They're carrying ladders all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, there was a another another lady, a few ladies that I went through class with. Um, so yeah, yeah, we're we're out there. We're a minority, but we're out there. So, do you have any advice for new or experienced RV inspectors? Um, I would say, especially if you're new, even if you've owned your own RVs before, there are so many out there that are so different. You've got the kind that are all air-powered. Um, you've got hydraulics. You've got electrics. You've got motorhomes of all sizes and shapes, um, class A's, class B's. Class B's are, are a whole different creature. Um, class C's, and then your towables, and a whole range among that, too, from the tiny little, tiny little teardrops to the gigantic fifth wheel. Mm -hmm. I would say if you're new, go to dealerships and as much as the salespeople will put up with you, go walk yourself in and out, up and down and around every single kind of RV you can find. And then if you have one of your own, play with it. If you don't have one, go rent one for a weekend and play with it. Maybe don't, you know, tell them (laughs) that you're playing with it. (laughs) But Bring it back better than the way you found it, but <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but really get your hands on it, get your eyes on it, um, read about it, do do as much online training as you can. Visit IRB2 forum, visit all the other forums. If if you are already an inspector and you're still kind of new to it, I'd say when you know what what inspection you have coming up, get online, download the manuals. Read up um, on common issues that that particular um, year maker model has had. Um, see what other people online are saying about it, what issues they've had with it. Find out where everything you need to check is located um, so that when you go there, you're not having to hunt for, for things, but you know exactly, okay, I know that I can find the switches for the slide outs in this cabinet or down in this hallway or, you know, so you're not having to say, Oh, where is that switch for the awning? And it's hiding up behind this um, shade. You know, mm-hmm. you know, you know, it's there. Research it, research it before you go walk into it. That just makes you sound even more credible. I'm sure when you show up and do an inspection. Yes. Yes. Well, it's, it's the credibility and, and, um, uh, time efficiency and and of course your own confidence very good well thank you so much elisa this has been an excellent interview and i wish you the best of luck in the future 
Thank you. You too. I just loved Elisa Norman's story. She was stuck at a job she liked as an English teacher, but she didn't make enough money to help her four kids with college expenses. So acting on the advice of friends and with the encouragement of her husband, Elisa took training to become an RV inspector. That initial training opened the door for her to work with insurance companies by evaluating RVs before extended warranty coverage is offered. And after doing that for a while, she saw more opportunity and drove from Texas to Iowa for advanced training. That paved the way for her to conduct inspections for people looking to buy new or used RVs. Even though her business was growing and she liked the ability to work outdoors and on her own, her strong work ethic, attitude, and personality caught the attention of the staff at an RV dealership where she's actually conducting an inspection on behalf of a client. One thing led to another and Elisa finds herself working full-time for the dealership by inspecting RVs when they come in from the factory, evaluating the units before they are delivered to customers, and helping those customers understand how to operate the various components on the RVs they're buying. Those are the type of opportunities that are available to people of all ages who take training to become a certified RV inspector or technician with the National RV Training Academy. If you don't want to work for a dealership, you can make a good living by running your own inspection or mobile RV repair business. Elisa confirms that the work can be challenging, but also very rewarding in the way it helps other people. She's also living proof that this career isn't just for men and that women can make a very good living performing inspections or fixing RVs. I'd like to thank Elisa Norman for staying up late last night to talk to us about her experiences. She will do very well working for the RV dealership. With the National RV Training Academy in Athens, Texas, the Academy's one-week live training or home study course will teach you everything you need to know to fix about 80% of the problems people experience with their RVs. You can also sign up for additional training to become an RV inspector, campground technician, or to provide mobile RV service. For more information, visit www.nrvta.com. Today's episode was sponsored by Work Camper News, a magazine and online publication that connects RVers to full and part-time jobs around the country. Whether it is running a business from your RV or working short-term jobs for a variety of employers, Work Camper News can give you information to help you plan a course to live your own dream and get you on the road faster than you thought possible. For more information about opportunities to live and work and play in your RV, visit www.workcampernews.com. That's all we have for this week's episode of RV Tech Talk. Thanks for listening.